0: Welcome to day two of our look at 1 Corinthians chapter 10. The verses we're going to look at together today are some of the clearest verses in all of scripture about how to handle the temptations that come into every one of our lives. Listen to what 1 Corinthians chapter 10 verses 12 and 13 say to us. So if you think you are standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. No temptation has seized you except what is common to man. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can stand up under it. We're talking today about something every one of us will face today. Every one of us will face this week, and that is temptation. What am I talking about when I talk about temptation? Listen to what Bruce Wilkinson says in this description of how temptation feels. It's helpful, I think, to remind ourselves of what we're talking about when we talk about temptation. He writes these couple of paragraphs. You are tempted when something takes place. If it didn't take place, you wouldn't enter into temptation. Each one is tempted when he's drawn away. The words drawn away are borrowed from the fishing and hunting context in which an unsuspecting fish is slowly drawn out of its original retreat under a bank or in a hole when an animal is tracked into an area where the traps are set. The picture is of a person being distracted with something which draws their attention away from what it's currently focused on. Consider how this happens, a noise, Someone walks past you, a telephone call, a distracting thought that seems to come from nowhere, a letter, a person who cuts right in front of you and route to the office, a unique smell which instantly brings back old memories of previous sins. Your neighbor puts in a beautiful new pool right next to your ugly backyard. The cashier mistakenly gives you $20 too much change. Someone shares a tasty piece of gossip. The Married coworker in the next office starts dropping hints about what could happen on the upcoming business trip. Skillful temptation warriors learn how to discern almost instantly when they are being drawn away and instantly draw back. Now, those words from Bruce Wilkinson remind us that we all face temptation. Satan wants to draw us away from the things of God. The question is where do you learn how to deal with temptation? Nowhere better than these verses. It's one thing to admit, yeah, we're all tempted but how do you deal with it? Temptation is different from sin. It is not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. You cannot keep from being tempted in this world, but you can decide not to say yes to the temptation and thereby sin. As Martin Luther used to say, you can't stop the birds from flying over your head, but you can stop them from building a nest in your hair. Because temptation is so much a daily part of our daily battle with evil, I want to just spend a few minutes on this. Temptation wilts in the presence of truth. And in this scripture, 1 Corinthians 10, 12, and 13, you and I get some truth to remember about temptation and how it works in our lives and how to defeat it in our lives. Four truths. Truth number one is temptation will always be a part of our lives. You never outgrow temptation. The scripture says, if you think you're standing firm, be careful that you don't fall. I don't care how much you grow as a believer, you will always face temptation. How do I know that? Jesus was perfect and he faced temptation. Jesus was perfect and he faced temptation. So I'm going to face temptation. You're going to face temptation. And the moment you think I'm above that temptation now, or I'm above all temptation now, the moment you think I'm standing firm, that's the moment you often fall. You've seen this happen in your life. Well, I haven't thought about that temptation in a long time. I may never do that again. And the next day, you find yourself caught up in that same anger cycle. You find yourself caught up in that same materialism temptation. The moment you think I'm above the temptation, then you're caught up in pride. And pride always precedes a fall. So temptation will always be a part of our lives on this planet. Once we get to heaven, it's gone. But on this planet, we're going to face it. You just accept that. It's going to be a battle the rest of my life. The second truth that comes out of these verses that helps us face temptation is this. It is not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in to temptation. I said this earlier, but I really want you to get this one. Jesus was tempted, but he never sinned. You can find that in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1 and Hebrews 4, 15. And here's how Satan tries to trap you. You face a temptation and the devil will come to you and he will tell you that you're unholy just because you felt tempted. And he wants to cause you to feel guilty just because you felt temptation. Well, Jesus had temptation, but he never sinned. But if he can get you to do that, if he can get you to feel guilty just because you faced the temptation, then he gets you to think, well, I already feel guilty. I may as well go ahead and sin. And then once you go ahead and sin, Satan comes to you and says, how could you do that and call yourself a Christian? Erwin Lutzer once said, temptation is not a sin. It is a call to battle. So it's not a sin to be tempted, it's a sin to give in. Truth number three is this, that we find in these verses. We all face the same temptations. Paul wrote and said, by the inspiration of the Spirit, all temptations are common to man. There is something about our human nature that loves to think that our temptations are somehow unique. We think no one has ever faced the kinds of temptations, the kind of pressures that I'm facing. Well, don't flatter yourself. You're just not that creative. There is nothing new under the sun. We're facing, you're facing the same temptations that people faced thousands of years ago. Folks used to covet their neighbor's horse. Now they covet their neighbor's Porsche. It's the same temptation, nothing new under the sun. In fact, we even know what these temptations are. There's three major areas of temptation in our lives. The big three are pleasure, possessions, and power. I want to gather pleasure to myself, possessions to myself, and power for myself. You can look it up in 1 John 2.16 is one of the verses that talks about it. You can see it in Genesis, other verses as well. 1 John 2.16, these are the ways of the world. Wanting to please the sinful selves, pleasure. Wanting the sinful things we see, possessions. And being too proud of what we have, the power. The idea that somehow I can meet my own needs through pleasure, possessions, and power is behind every temptation. Sin may come in a lot of different packages, but there are all these three flavors every single time. When I look at temptation, there's some truths to accept. One of the truths is that uh, I'm always going to face temptation in this world. Another truth is it's not a sin to be tempted. It's a sin to give in. A third truth, we all face the same temptations, but there is a fourth truth that's incredibly encouraging in these verses, and that truth is this. There is always A way of escape. God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will provide a way out. There is always a way of escape. Always, always, always. We could take that phrase, I couldn't help myself, and throw it right out the window based on this verse when you become a believer in Christ. Before you know Christ, there's no way of escape because you don't have Christ. But in Christ, there is always a way of escape. Now, you may take it, you may not, but it's always there. God's promise in 1 Corinthians 10, 13 is that you will never face a greater temptation than you can handle, never. For the Christian, there is no such thing as an irresistible temptation, Now, it's important to remember that this promised way of escape, it's not based on your willpower. It's not even based on your knowledge of scripture. Notice what it's based upon here. It's based upon the faithfulness of God. God is faithful and he will provide a way of escape. So whether I'm a brand new believer or I've been a believer for 30 years, whether I know a million scripture verses or I know two or none, God is faithful and he is providing that way of escape. Now, the truth is, the longer you're a believer, the the more mature you should get in being able to find that way of escape. Because it's not my way. It's not my willpower way. It's not my way. It's not the way of my pride. Hey, I did it. It's God's way. So instead of resisting the temptation, I'm going to do this. I'm going to say no to this on my own power. You look for the way out of the temptation. It's interesting. The Bible never tells us to resist temptation. Instead, it calls for us to reject temptation outright. You don't get involved in the tug of war with temptation because it always tugs back and it always pulls you into the mud pit. Instead of resisting temptation, you reject. And how do you reject it? You let go of the rope. You don't play the game. You look for God's way out. Now, you might say, I've looked for God's way out. I couldn't find it. Does he hide it somehow? Does he not want me to know it? No, he tells us. He gives us specific directions for dealing with every type of temptation. The way out of immoral passion pleasures is marked run. 2 Timothy 2.22 says, flee youthful lust. Don't depend on your own willpower. You get out of the situation as quick as you can. The way out of materialism or possessions is marked thanks and giving. A thankful heart combined with the habit of giving will help you to get your way out of that temptation. It gives you an entirely different perspective in life. The way out of pride, out of power, is marked serve. Jesus is our example. Satan offered Jesus the world trying to appeal to his pride and Jesus resisted this temptation with a decision to serve us. God's provided the way out. The reason I can't find it is I try to use my way, the way of my pride, the way of my willpower. But when I drop those and I say, God, what is your way? When I humble myself before him, he will show me the way out. Jesus right now, as human beings who face temptation struggle of temptation. And some of us who are praying this prayer right now, we are caught up in not only a temptation, but the sin that has resulted from us saying yes to that temptation. We want a different way. We want your way out. And so we pray right now that you help us to listen to your voice. Help us to let your word make its way into our lives and help us to depend on the fellowship with other believers, not face this alone. And Lord, help us to look for your way out. Help us to realize that uh, you are faithful. And in your faithfulness, we can know that you're going to lead us out of this temptation one day. That's what heaven is all about. It is going to happen sooner or later. And so why not today? Why can't this be the day when I begin to say no to that temptation? No to that temptation of materialism or of lust or of pride or of anger or of gossip or whatever it is in my life, God. Why couldn't it be today? You are faithful. You will show me the way out. Show me the way today. And Lord, if I stumble, show me the way again. You will never stop being faithful. I am confident in that. So I put my confidence in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Join us tomorrow. We're going to look at the power of what influences you.